a lot of kids wouldn't write uh, for permission or wanting to know if I post this, am I going to get into trouble? It's the kids who do it and get into trouble who will write after the fact when it's too late. And it really is too late when any, any, any person, uh, an adult or teenager, or hits the send button and it's out there. This is Lawyer to Lawyer, the award-winning legal podcast with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi. West Coast meets East Coast, and yes, they are attorneys, bringing you the latest legal news and observations every week with the leading experts in the legal profession. Produced right here on the Legal Talk Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. Thanks for joining us today. This is Bob Ambrogi coming to you from just outside of Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, my co-host, Jake Craig Williams, is unable to be with us this week. Uh, I, of course, uh, write a blog called Law Sites and another blog called Media Law. Craig writes the blog, May It Please the Court, uh, and, of course, he practices out there in sunny Southern California. Um, before we get started with today's show, let me just begin by thanking the sponsors of the program who make it all possible. Uh, we'd like to thank Clio, the web-based practice management solution available at goclio.com. Also, Above All Legal, a new online job board for the legal community. You can find out more about Above All Legal at abovealllegal.com. And last but by no means least, Firm Manager from LexisNexis, the SaaS-based practice management application uh, available at myfirmmanager.com slash LTN. Uh, Well, with, with the boon in technology in recent years, teenagers today find themselves facing a whole new host of potential legal issues uh, from cyberbullying to sexting to sharing uh, music files and other files, uh, often illegally. Uh, In addition, uh, trespassing, bullying, free speech uh, exist ever more uh, in classrooms and beyond. So what is a teen to do when they find uh, themselves in legal trouble or have legal questions or uh, wonder about uh, their rights or responsibilities? Uh, today on Lawyer to Lawyer, we're going to take a look at a, a one-of-a-kind a new, well, not all that new, a website. It's been around uh, more than a year or so uh, called askthejudge.info, and uh, we're going to uh, look at uh, the special site, which is provides answers for teens about the law, and talk to the founder of the site. So let me, without further ado, bring him on. To the program uh, joining us today is Judge Thomas A. Jacobs, founder of AskTheJudge.info. Uh, Judge Jacobs uh, started his career as an Arizona Assistant Attorney General in from 1972 to 1985, where he practiced criminal and child welfare law. Uh, in 1985, he was appointed to the Maricopa County Superior Court, where he served as a judge pro tem and commissioner in the juvenile and family courts until his retirement in 2008. He's the author of uh, the books, Teen Cyber Bullying Investigated, uh, which came out in 2010, 
and What Are My Rights, uh, the third edition of which came out in 2011. And uh, he writes regularly for teens, parents, and educators on youth justice issues while answering readers' questions on his website, askthejudge.info. After all of that long intro, welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer, Judge Jacobs. Thank you, Bob. Thanks for ha- asking me to be on the show. Well, we're we're very happy to have you and uh, look forward to uh, exploring this topic a little bit more uh, and uh and I'm going to exercise the license uh, you gave me uh, before we started recording this program to call you Tom rather than Judge. And, That's and, fine. And I'm, That's and I'm fine. fine with that. Uh, but uh, as a lawyer myself, it's always hard to stop calling a judge a judge, even when they're not on the bench anymore. Yeah, no, I understand you know that, that as well. But <laughs> I, I, you know, in speaking with kids and, and teens and their parents, uh, you know, I, I like to stay and be able to express myself uh, so they can understand me. And that's, you know, the books that I write are for teens and parents and educators to read. So we kind of, you know, relax with the uh, formalities, well, I which is you know, quite all right with me. Okay, very good. Well, well, Tom, uh, I, I think uh, from what I read, it was uh, in 2010 that you launched AskTheJudge.info. Uh, tell me about uh, how you came about with the idea and, and why you did this. Uh, well, the history of it is, uh, and I can make this very brief, is when I was appointed to the uh, Juvenile Division of Superior Court in 1985, I um, noticed year after year that I was asked repeatedly by everyone in the courtroom, parents and educators, law enforcement, and the teens that were before me, <clears throat> pretty much the same questions. I saw that they did have an area of interest um and I and I looked around to see, at least in Arizona, was there some kind of uh, book, some guide or primer that they could look to, and it didn't exist. So I ended up writing a book that I self-published for many years and just gave out to people that appeared before me. And so they could see, they could get these answers, they could go back to them and not say, well, what did he say? I forgot and I didn't take notes. So anyway, that led to years later, I think it was 19... 19- 95 or 6, I was fortunate enough to land a uh, great publishing company in uh, Minneapolis, Free Spirit Publishing. <clears throat> they liked the idea of it and wanted to take it national. So I wrote, What Are My Rights uh, for Them? And it was, at that time, it was, uh, nine, What Are My Rights? 95 Questions and Answers uh, for Teens About the Law. And we cover everything from A to Z. It's not, you know, a lot of people think when they think about teenagers and the justice system and rights, it's just kids that are in trouble about kids that are breaking the law and going to court because they're alleged delinquents. And it's not, that's just a very small part because it's really less than 1% of America's teenagers that are in the juvenile justice system. That's, that's a very small percent, but they're the ones, of course, that get the headlines and they're in the news. Uh, so we, I wrote the book, and that led to uh, we, do, we we revised it five years later, and as you mentioned, we revised it again last month. The third edition came out last month of What Are My Rights? Um, because we had to update it. Even from five years ago, we didn't have a chapter in the book that we have now called You and the Internet, because of as you mentioned, all that's going on in cyberspace. The fact that Teens and tweens today live basically on their computers, on Facebook, not so much MySpace anymore, but Facebook and their cell phones. 
that that's their connection to that's their social world and there's no going back that's not going to change so we wanted to educate teens about possible consequences of irresponsible communication you know when they talk nasty to each other or they post something and you know my my goal is to educate our youth about being aware of possible consequences so we updated what are my rights and that kind of followed uh when I left the court in 2008 on a full-time basis, um, we converted. I worked together with Free Spirit Publishing, and we uploaded the book, the What Are My Rights, created a website. Uh, actually, it's been running now almost two and a half years. And uh, it, the foundation of the site, AskTheJudge.info, is, are these books that I've written for teenagers to write. And... It is a free site. Our intention is to keep it free. There's no membership or subscription. The only thing we ask of our readers and those that write to us with questions is basic, you know, keep it clean. And we've been very, very fortunate up to this point. We're very, we've, I think we've only had, I count them on one hand, instances where we've had to edit a question because of a swear word. We just want to keep the site clean, family friendly and free. And what kids do from around the world, actually, um, or ask us, they ask us questions about what happened. And we get a lot of questions, of course, about, uh, something that happened to a teen over the weekend, or they're coming into a weekend and they want to know something about what the rules are, uh, what the d- drinking and driving, uh, it could be cell phone use, it could be about curfew, trespass. We get a lot of questions about shoplifting, especially as we enter this time of the year, the holiday season. Uh, shoplifting spikes, as you might expect. So we get a lot of questions about that, and we get questions from teachers and parents as well. And so, we so how does it work? Do, can can anybody come to the website and and ask a question? And and, and how do they get answered? Are, are you yeah. are you doing all the heavy lifting here yourself? Or, well, or no, you I share. Ha- uh, well, right now we are what's I guess referred to in the in the business as a startup company. We uh, we intend to keep it a free site, so we don't we don't want to be unavailable to someone who can't pay the twenty or twenty five dollars that other sites. Uh, you know, there's quite a few sites online that you ask a question, a legal question, and there's a staff or a, a phone bank of attorneys who will answer, but they're for fee. You know, the ones that I've seen are usually twenty five dollars a question, and you get an answer. Uh, we want to keep it free. We don't want teens not to ask us questions. We want to, you know, grow their, uh, their communication with us. In fact, we are going through right now a change on the site where we want to get more active on Facebook and have walls where the kids, and they already do this online, is they will chat back and forth. And we're growing that part of the website so they can talk to each other about the legal issue that one or more of them raises. But you ask, how do they do it? Actually, every page on the site um, has a comment or question um, box on the page. Every page that you bring up, we have close to a 1,000 pages on the site now, um, where they have an opportunity to, to write us and ask. And it's pretty close to anonymous. We don't ask for any personal information or details. They can ask their question. They can ask it under the name of, um, of an anonymous, and we get those. Um, and we answer. We, our goal is to answer all questions within 24 hours. 
and sometimes, you know, to the, uh, the teens or parents that write us, that's not soon enough because sometimes they'll write Sunday night saying, we've got court tomorrow morning at nine and we're scared to death. Should we go? You know, they know it's already too late to contact a lawyer to go with them, depending on the issue. Um, but we, uh, the other thing I should point out is that we do not provide legal advice. And we have that disclaimer all over the site. In fact, we mention that every time we answer a question on the site. We we tell them that this is information only. It's not legal advice because, Bob, as you know, we're, my my daughter works with me. She's a uh, criminal defense attorney here in Flagstaff, and uh, we work together on it now full-time. She's left her practice, and we're only licensed in a few you know, uh, jurisdictions like the U.S. Supreme Court and the federal courts in Arizona and the state of Arizona and no other state. So we cannot provide, plus we don't have that client, yeah. attorney-client so, relationship. So so you're able to provide general answers about right, or the what law we try to do the specifics of a fact situation that's being presented. Yeah, yeah. We ch- I mean, because some of the, a lot of the questions that are asked about, especially like, for example, truancy, um, you know, skipping days, excused and unexcused absences, and shoplifting, they generally, they are treated the same in almost all states. You know, there's, uh, and, and kids know about diversion program or deferred judgment or deferred prosecution. So, and then what we do, if they tell us, if they mention in the post the question that they send us where they are, they tell us at least what state, um, if we can provide them a specific reference or resource with more information about how is shoplifting treated, for example, in in Massachusetts or West Virginia, we will paste the we'll copy and paste that site and take them, you know, directly to the page. And we prefer to use uh government sites with information or state bar associations that have a lot of information for the public. Um, so that's how we do it. We don't, we try to lead them to appropriate resources so they get good, local, relevant answers and information about what they're approaching us with. Well, what, do, what kinds of legal issues are you seeing that, that teens are, are most curious about? What kinds of questions are they asking? Well, in addition to what I've mentioned, truancy and shoplifting, uh, today we're getting questions about, uh, kids who are some of the, you know, it's a, it's a, minority, I think, at least the ones who are in the system and get caught, about use of marijuana. They have some confusion about the states that have uh, have passed and have medical marijuana that's allowed. Kids are getting into spice, you know, the synthetic marijuana, mm-hmm. uh, and some of the, the results, the outcomes of, of uh, kids that are becoming, you know, medically sick. In fact, there's a recent uh, boy, Brandon... Uh, I forget the state that he was in. Anyway, I think it was Pennsylvania who passed away after smoking spice. And it wasn't just the spice. He was 13 years old in June of this year. And he, what he did was he smoked spice, uh, which is basically herbs. It's like potpourri. It's just, you know, chemically sprayed materials like crushed flowers, for example. But the kids don't know what the chemicals are. And unfortunately, legislatures, including the federal government, uh, hasn't stayed up with these chemicals because certain chemicals will be banned by the federal government, which has done that. But then whoever uh, is manufacturing spice, and it's known by a lot of other names on the street and in the head shops, uh, they'll change the chemical. They'll change the compound that's used. So all of a sudden, it doesn't come under the law. 
So a lot of states are addressing this now and passing legislation. Right. Uh, but what happened to Brandon was he smoked it, yeah, but he smoked it. Brand, in a, Brandon Rice, I think, was the name of, the, right. of that. Yeah, he smoked it in a Pez dispenser, which was plastic. Yeah. And the reports that I've read in the last couple of weeks is that I guess the chemicals released by the burning plastic, including uh, cyanide, uh, burns his lungs so severely right. that I think in September of this year he had to have a lung tram- transplant. And then because of an infection that came after the transplant, he passed away in October when he, he had turned 14. But, you know, we, we write stories. We post stories on our site. We don't just answer questions. We try to keep kids current on laws around the state that are around the country that are relevant, new laws that will affect them, whether it's at home, at work, recreation, uh, or at school, um, things that they really should know about. And so we post stories about, you know, three, four times a week um, about what's going on, case decisions, court decisions that they should be aware of. And we also get a fair number of students, teenagers who write us because they're doing research for a uh, term paper or something at the end of the year or the older we get college kids that write us, too, because they're working on a thesis about, for example, cyberbullying. So (laughs) even though we... We concentrate on our audience up to, say, 20, 21 years. Um, we will respond, and we do, to college students who are looking into some of these issues, at least by way of referring them to resources that we're aware of, because that doesn't take long to do that. Yeah. Tom, I want to ask you about cyberbullying, only because that, that's a topic that's been so much uh, in the news, and, and I right. think for a lot of adults, <laughs> when they think about some of the legal issues that teens are, are facing, they, they, they think uh, about that as at the forefront, and, and, y- and yet I haven't really heard you mention that much in terms of the questions you're getting. I, I, are you seeing, uh, are, are, the, are the teens who come to your site appearing to be concerned about this? Do they have questions about it? Uh, is it something that's coming up in terms of what you're getting and uh, the feedback on your site? Yeah, we get some, and it is growing. Uh, the one, the, the uh, areas that I mentioned earlier are the ones that we see on a daily basis. Um, a lot of kids wouldn't write uh, for permission or wanting to know, if I post this, am I going to get into trouble? It's the kids who do it and get into trouble who will write after the fact when it's yeah. too late. And it really is too late when any 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 person, uh, an adult or teenager, are, hits the send button and it's out there. Because as I tell kids that I speak to at different schools is that once you send it, even though three seconds after you send it, you realize you shouldn't have and you delete it or you put it in your trash, it's still out there forever. You don't know what's going to happen to it. Where there are, and I tell kids, you know, the, about some of the cases that I wrote about in in teen cyberbullying, that instances where a a sext message, for example, an image of yourself nude or semi nude that you sent out, but then you took it off right away, there are cases where it's come back to bite that kid, you know, seriously five ten years later. You know, there's uh, it's in fact I think. Recently in Massachusetts, you had uh, an instance where the defendant, the 20-year-old who is 20 now, his name is Matthew Bean. I think it. Oh, you know, it wasn't Massachusetts. I'm sorry. It was Phil, it was Pennsylvania and New Jersey that was involved. And Matthew Bean, anyway, came upon some images, nude images of a boy when he was 12 or 13 years old, had 
put these online. And of course, he couldn't erase them. He could erase them at his home computer on his cell phone, but not to the world. They surfaced on some obscure website, the photos of this 12-year-old. Matthew Bean, together with some other people, went to great effort to locate that boy back in a year or two ago. They found him, a freshman in college in Pennsylvania. For some reason, just to be cruel or harass him, they sent those pictures of the 12, then 12-year-old 12 to his faculty, his teachers, and the administration at the college in Pennsylvania. The college did the right thing, notified law enforcement. They tracked it to Matthew, and then, oh, it's been a year now. Well, actually, February of this year, Matthew, being at 20, was given five months in federal prison and five, followed with five years of probation for that. So the point in that story is that you don't know once you send it how it can affect you the rest of your life. And we don't even know because all of this cyberbullying is only maybe a dozen years old. It's a whole new phenomenon, and it's a global issue, and, and it's also an epidemic. It's um, every day. In fact, it was today there was a story I saw of a West Virginia uh, student, a senior in high school, who was just suspended because she wrote – uh, on her Facebook page in October, she wrote a statement about her teacher. She wrote, I, quote, I say we shoot our English teacher in the face. And it just surfaced, and she was just given 90-day um, suspension at school. She's still going to well, be Tom, able let's, uh, I want to get back to that in a second. I, I have sure. to take a break right now for a word from our commercial sponsors, and we will be back in just a few moments to talk more with Judge Thomas Jacobs uh, about uh, teens in the law. Hi, my name is Kay Kenny from Legal Talk Network, and I'm joined by Jack Newton, president of Clio. Jack is going to talk to us about the benefits of cloud computing. Now, what do you think the single biggest benefit to cloud computing is? In talking to our customers recently uh, about that very question, I was surprised with what came back with as, as a really resounding response, and, and that was that it's the convenience and the freedom that cloud computing affords them. The ability to get their work done from anywhere, whether it's at their office, at the courthouse, at home, or even if they're on vacation, they're able to get their work done where and when they need to get it done. Uh, the mobile aspect of things is also increasingly important. Well, with cloud-based software, you can access your data and software from your iPhone or your iPad, uh, your BlackBerry, uh, and other mobile devices. So for the uh, lawyers that are on the move, which is an increasing uh, proportion of lawyers, that's a, a really key benefit as well. We've been talking to Jack Newton, president of Clio. Thank you so much, Jack. Thank you. And if anyone wants additional information on Clio, they can feel free to visit www.goclio.com. That's G-O-C-L-I-O.com. This is Kay Kenny at Legal Talk Network, and I'm talking with attorney Mimi Manginis, co-founder of Above All Legal, a new online job board for the legal community. Mimi, tell us about Above All Legal and how it works. Sure. Above All Legal is an online job board that connects legal professionals uh, with top-notch law firms of all sizes, as well as corporate legal departments. The AAL process is fast and it's simple. Candidates can place their profile and resumes for free, and then they can search and apply for jobs that are specific to their geographic preferences and job category. Also, for a fraction of the price of other job boards, 
jobs, employers can post jobs and can search our extensive resume database according to their selective criteria. We've been talking to attorney Mimi Manginis, co-founder of Above All Legal. Check it out at AboveAllLegal.com. That's AboveAllLegal.com. Thanks for tuning into our program today. We want to let you know about something extraordinary happening in the legal industry. Right now, hundreds of independent attorneys just like yourself are working to bring a very special product to market. These attorneys are part of a development program at LexisNexis, and they are working under NDA on a brand new application that will change the way you run your practice. This solution, LexisNexis Firm Manager, is a web-based, highly secure application operating in SAS 70 Type 2 attested data centers. If you are interested in test driving LexisNexis Firm Manager at no charge, or to learn more, Visit www.myfirmmanager.com slash LTN. It's the office calling again. Don't answer it. Why not? I'm listening to Legal Talk Network podcasts to get my CLE credit in West Legal Ed Center. Oh, yeah. I need to do that, too. Where do I find them? It's easy. Just go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and pick a program for CLE. Click on it and start listening. Or go to westlegaledcenter.com and choose from any of the Legal Talk Network programs available for CLE. That's perfect. The office can wait. We're glad you're listening to Legal Talk Network. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, too. You can advertise with us at Legal Talk Network and have your own commercial playing in this podcast. Just give us a call anytime at 781-551-9960. Or shoot us an email at admin at legaltalknetwork.com. Welcome back to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. This is Bob Ambrogi. My co-host, Jay Craig Williams, is away today. Uh, we are joined today by Judge Thomas A. Jacobs, uh, founder of AskTheJudge.info. And we're talking about some of the hot-button issues involving teens in the law. And uh, you, just started, you just started to mention one, uh, Tom, that, that I was actually kind of curious about myself, which is this, this sort of issue of, of uh, student speech at school. Uh, right. I'll, I'll, I, can, I can tell you, I, I, <laughs> I have a teenage son who recently encountered this very issue when mm. uh, a group of his students decided to, a group of his friends decided to wear T-shirts protesting something that had happened, uh, you know, uh, at school, and, and they all got together and created some T-shirts and wore them to school one day, and were immediately told to remove them. And he came home that night saying, "What are my rights, Dad?" Uh, well, it's not all that easy of a question. But what are you seeing in that? I mean, it sounds like a lot of the teenagers who are coming to you are coming to you um, after they've had a problem, not in anticipation of one. And well, is, that's true. Yep, yeah, and then we try to explain to them. We don't go, in, of course, into depth with uh, legal depth into any any of these issues. We do explain to them the cases. We, we quote the language from the courts, especially the U.S. Supreme Court, if they've addressed the issue. And what you just brought up as far as T-shirt, of course, that's the type of thing that is, it's almost a weekly occurrence at some school in the country. Yeah. And you have to look to the dress codes. You have to look to the laws that might apply. 
in the state regarding free speech, but you know there's there's a fine line there, and it's an old test. It's a 40 plus year old uh, 1969 case, Tinker versus Des Moines Independent School District, that set the standard, and that has that case is continuously quoted in courts and cases across the country. It, it's the standard, and it's being uh, challenged again when we get back to what you mentioned as far as uh, student internet free speech and cell phone free speech. The Supreme Court has not yet ruled. They've had the opportunity a few times and they've denied uh, uh, the plaintiffs, the, the students and their parents who have fought the issues and filed lawsuits based on free speech. Um, parents, have, you know, they will take it through the courts, the federal courts, for years. But so far, the U.S. Supreme Court has not ruled on that. It is needed. It's uh, The time is now because uh, students, parents, educators, school districts need to have some direction because of uh, student cyberspace speech because kids live online. And the big question that the court needs to address is what authority does a school district or a school have in disciplining a student who makes a comment at home in their bedroom with the door closed about, say, a teacher, a principal, uh, or a classmate. Can the, the school discipline that student for what they do on their own computer or their parents' computer away from school, uh, you know, and not having to do with a school event or activity? And the courts are pretty much split, even the federal courts have come down on the side of the school saying the discipline was appropriate, have come down on the side of the student saying, no, the student has free speech, and it extends to what the comments were. I mean, kids create fake MySpace and Facebook profiles of their principal, for example, or a teacher that they're frustrated with. And uh, the courts have come down on both sides. So there are Right now, the court last week, actually on Halloween, October 31st, they denied one Connecticut uh, case that um, wasn't a total surprise that they denied this this young girl because, um, no, she's in her 20s now, but a few years ago when she was 17, she used the, the, the D word as it's referred to. She called the uh, staff in the front office at her high school douchebags. And because of that, she was disciplined, and she challenged it, and she lost all the way up, including last week on the 31st, and the court denied reviewing her case. But there are three other student speech cases uh, involving the Internet that are before the Supreme Court right now, and we're just waiting to see if they're going to accept any of those uh, three cases. And there's a few others in the lower federal courts that are making their way up the the ladder, the appellate ladder, to the Supreme Court. So I think either this term or next, the the court will accept one of these cases and give the country some direction, because it's, it's kids want to know, too. Right. You know, they want to know what, how far can they go? Can I mean, how serious is this? If yeah, I yeah. use, it's not just profanity, it's um, when what they're posting, the messages constitute threats or harassment or stalking, or intimidation, right. Right. Um, those yeah. can constitute a violation. You know, that could break the law in the state where the student lives, sure. but can the school discipline? That's that's really the question. What authority does the school have to discipline, or is it 
uh, a violation of their free speech to punish them for something they said at home. Yeah. Tom, I wanted to ask you, I, mean, I know you've been writing, you said you've been writing about this for uh, for decades, literally, uh, uh, writing about teen uh, legal issues right. for teens, and, and you were on, on the bench uh, dealing with some of these issues. I, I would think that having a, one big difference in having a website is the interactivity. I mean, you, you get, you write a, you write a book and, and you get a little feedback maybe, but not a lot. You, you put up a website and suddenly people can interact with you. Uh, and and so you maybe maybe this gives you a, a different sense of of what teens consider important or what they're curious about. I mean, I guess my question is what what's been most surprising to you uh, as somebody who's been involved in this for years, but just is getting online and starting to get this more direct feedback from people who come to your site, teens and parents. Is there anything that's really surprised you about where they're? What what their questions are, what their interests are, what their focus is. Well, one surprise that I think we've had in in the last couple of years are the number of adults who write us, and their concern. And this is it's good for us because it's a lesson that helps us in answering questions of the of present day teenagers and and younger who write us, because we have people in their twenties and thirties who write, and we answer them because they're they're asking teen related issues. We get a lot of questions about juvenile records. When some 30-year-old writes and says, when I was 12 or 13, I, for example, I patted a girl. I, we got this today, and that's why it's fresh in my mind. I patted a girl at school on the butt, and I got in trouble. And he's concerned about, does, does he, is it still on a record? Is it going to show up in a background check? You know, that type of thing. It's like kids today who bully and they're disciplined at school, and they have that noted in their permanent record, they're concerned about that word in their permanent record, cyberbully, showing up later and affecting future uh, applications for college, applications for scholarships, job applications, enlistment in the military. Because, you know, as you know, every state has laws about juvenile records and sealing, expunging, or destroying the records, and that, you know, and, and the states differ. There's no uniform rule that says at age 18, everything's erased. It's automatic. That is not the way it is. So we have people, usually in their 20s and 30s, who are trying to further themselves in their career and their employment. They're concerned about something that they did as a teenager. That surprised us, because we weren't, we weren't really planning on hearing from parents or adults, it doesn't have to be parents, but on that particular issue. So we lead them to, we do a little research in, into the state laws, uh, if they tell us where that is, or we give them the keywords that we would use if we had the name of the state, and they can Google it themselves. But uh, we do try to help people in that situation because it's a, you know, it's a teen juvenile related question. That, that was a surprise. Hmm. One of them, uh, time, time, yeah, well, that that's interesting. Unfortunately, we're we're getting near the end of our time. I I I, I want to give you an opportunity to to kind of wrap up. Uh, but I, I'm wondering, as you do that, I mean, is, is there is there a, a a general piece of advice that you you like to give teens with regard to the law? I mean, there's so many questions. Your website talks about you know, as you say, the internet, uh, body, uh, teens' bodies, uh, the juvenile justice, work, uh, student rights at school. All of these are covered at your website. But is there is there something in general that you you want teenagers to understand about 
about uh, their legal rights and their interaction with the law? Well, I, I think we would like them just to appreciate the fact that the law isn't there to harm them in any way, is to protect them, but you need to understand the law. We are here, I mean, AskTheJudge.info exists to help educate our youth about the laws, about teen rights and their responsibilities, because they go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. And as you say, we do cover everything, as we say, from from A to Z. We try to, from abortion and adoption to zero tolerance policies at work and ex- and in school. And we want teens and their parents and educators to contact us, let us know what's going on, if we can help them in any way uh, without providing, quote, legal advice to them. We can't tell them what to do or what decisions to make, but we try to lead them to uh, appropriate resources and information. So get, encouraging the kids to discuss these issues with their parents or their guardian uh, is part of our goal. So we're, we're well, open to them, and we hear from kids. Yeah, yeah, real quickly, the, the, back to the last question you asked me about what surprised me, we're also surprised that we get questions on these issues from kids in other countries, I mean, from around the world, which has educated us. Most of the teen issues that we talk about in many of the, the countries outside the U.S. are the same. They're all dealing with the same issues. The laws may be different, of course, but yeah. the issues are the same. Well, very, very interesting uh, discussion, and uh, unfortunately, we're we're out of time for this program, but we're very happy that you took the time to be with us, uh, Judge Thomas Jacobs, uh, to tell us about AskTheJudge.info, and uh, I hope all of our listeners will go right over and, and check out the site. There's a lot of interesting resources on the site, uh, I mean, as you mentioned, besides uh, besides these question and answers, there's there's a blog, there's news, there's a resource directory, there's a, a list of uh, great books. Are, are are they maybe all by you? <laughs> or a prolific no, no, person? no, they're not. <laughs> yeah, no, we we recommend books that we read. Natalie and okay. I, my daughter. We recommend books that we think are worth reading by our audience. So, yeah. uh, and we don't recommend any that one of us hasn't read. So we try to keep that at least monthly post. And we have some teen interns that uh, help us out in that regard as well. Oh, good. So a, a very, a very useful site and a lot of interesting resources there. So, uh, Judge Jacobs, uh, thank you very much for being with us today. We really appreciated your time and uh, your uh, and congratulations on the great work you're doing. Well, thank you, Bob. You're welcome for uh, me joining you, and I, it was a good opportunity to discuss this with your audience. Thanks again. Thank you. Well, uh, that about does it for Lawyer to Lawyer this week. We, of course, want to remind our listeners that you can now get CLE credit for select Legal Talk Network podcasts through the West Legal Ed Center. Uh, to do that, go to LegalTalkNetwork.com, click on the West Legal Ed Center icon that you find there. You can also find all of our shows uh, in the podcast library on iTunes and, of course, on LegalTalkNetwork.com. We will be back next week with another great legal topic. When you want legal, think lawyer to lawyer. See you next week. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. 
Thanks for listening to Lawyer to Lawyer with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi. Every week, a new legal topic that you won't want to miss. We hope you'll listen again and check out our other shows on the Legal Talk Network. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Som. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.